I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Mighty Main Street, the faces and places of Utah. This show features interviews with our small business community that create our Utah job market. We're supported by Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. I have Brent Anderson with me, founder and CEO of the Loveland Living Planet Aquarium, which was established in 1997. And Brent, I feel like it kind of went by fast. I'm not sure how you feel about it because I know there was a real concerted effort on your part when you got when you got this started. I remember years ago going to different places around Utah, around the around Salt Lake City, and seeing these little aquariums that were set up that you were featuring these beautiful animals. And the idea of setting up an aquarium in a high Sierra desert is um, is pretty amazing. You want to give us a, a background and how this whole thing started and your passion for the ocean. Well, my passion for the ocean started uh, when I received a book for my fifth birthday. It was entitled The Sea. That book was the inspiration. And, uh, you know, I would look at it every day, look at the pictures, ask everything about it. And that was to become my career path as a marine biologist. So that's that's kind of what started it off. You were five years yeah. old. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And this was in Utah when you got this book when you were five? Yeah, so I received this book um, when it came time to go to college. There was actually a period where I wasn't sure that I could do college-level work because no one had, in my family had been to college. So I finally took a course at Salt Lake Community College and discovered, no, oh, wait a minute, I'm, I can do college-level work. I took a biology class, did really well, and took a few more before I had to leave to go find a university with a marine biology program. They obviously don't offer that here. Uh, I wound up in California, went to UC Santa Barbara, studied marine biology. And then afterwards, uh, even though I had a, a great career in the biotech industry, I decided that I really wanted to pursue this. My idea that was spurred on was to ask myself a question, which is, what would I attempt to do if I knew I couldn't fail? So the answer to that question for me was that I would build several aquariums and it just happened that the first one uh, started here in Salt Lake City. So uh, I moved out here from California, quit everything with, with nothing to go on, and started anew. The first step was to establish the education programs, which you were referencing about how we went around statewide with our Aquavan and our Utah Waters vans. 
And then eventually it got to the point where I could build a small preview exhibit of the aquarium. Uh, I couldn't get traction on this big, giant facility. And so I built a small one, and instantly we had lines out the door, and people were coming to visit and, and liked it. So that really showed that that idea that this would work here in Utah was proven true with that first preview exhibit, if you will. So, Brent, with the little aquariums that you would take around, with your van and Aquaman mm-hmm. and the driving experience, and when you opened up your first small preview, what was that time span? Mm-hmm. We opened up the, the first small exhibit that was in Gateway in June of 2004. So that was almost seven years after I had started it. And that was kind of the last ditch effort. I had, you know, <laughs> was almost going bankrupt every couple of months, just trying to figure out how to hang on. So that was really the turning point. Once we did that, we outgrew that space rather quickly. We moved to a space in Sandy, it was forty thousand, you know, four times the size of forty thousand square feet. Did really well there from two thousand and four until two thousand and fourteen. That's when we moved into this new building of one hundred and thirty-six thousand square feet. And so, once we got into this location, we were seeing close to a million people a year. And again, that just uh, underscored that there was a desire for something that was family-friendly, educational, that uh, you know every demographic could enjoy, whether you're three or 93 or any socioeconomic. This was something that resonated with people. Where does this come from, Brent, this, this determination that you have? Um, because I, I witnessed it just as a citizen. I mean, I would just see these little uh, exhibits come up, and I just thought, wow, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting. But you're right. It wasn't, it wasn't really hitting us right between the eyes like it needed to. Uh, that type of focus and determination and resilience, where does that come from? Yeah, you know, I often wondered myself. And, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, how much more do I have left in this, you know? And I always found a reserve. And I think the reason for that is that I, it, it really comes from a passion and, and a, a, you know, just a, a love of this planet and all the ecosystems that are around, all the animals, and, and wanting to be able to share that with as many people as possible so they could experience, uh, have their own experience and connect with our planet in their own way. Brent, are you the gentleman that you would put on your scuba gear and you would just go and sit underneath the ocean and just watch reef life and just like sit there very quietly and watch the animals around you? Yeah, yeah. As a as a scuba diving partner, I wasn't much fun for a lot of my friends because <laughs> they wanted to swim around and try to see as you know go as far as they could, and I always preferred to just kind of stay in one place or very you know not move a whole lot. So that when I would do that, wherever that was in the South Pacific or California, anywhere, if I sat in one place and was just calm and still, I could watch all the life sort of come back and resume their normal activity after these big clumsy divers had come through. So being still and watching and observing and sort of getting in tune and in one with that environment was, for me, uh, extremely peaceful. It was rewarding. It was joyful. I just really enjoyed that. Brent, do you, your family must be so proud of you. I mean, your contribution to the state of Utah and and this facility in Draper is absolutely mind-blowing. From going down to the shark tank area where you have a lot of corporate meetings to all the wonderful programs, the educational programs and outreach that you have. Do you just look back and does it kind of blow your mind? Sometimes I actually do. It's almost like I have blinders on much of the time and occasionally they, they come off and I look out and I see that. And then I'm stunned. It's like, wait a second, that 
that was I was involved with this. <laughs> you know, and so it's it's a little surreal sometimes. But then again, it it just comes from that passion of wanting to create this place that people could enjoy and learn uh, learn about our earth. It's rewarding. It's a little surprising, and then sometimes it's you know I allow myself to be just a little bit proud of it. You know, before well, you should be. Well, we're certainly um, proud of you. Tell, tell us what's going on. And I know that with, uh, I know you've made adjustments with hours and stuff. So just as, as we wind yeah. up, we want certainly want your website and what people can do around the holidays. So we've we just completed an, an expansion. Uh, we're almost complete when this, uh, you know, this COVID epidemic broke out. We went ahead and completed that expansion. So we have another 80, 90,000 square feet of open space outside. Uh, and exhibits and play structures out there. What we were able to do is adjust our attendance through time ticketing so that we could allow enough people in per hour that still maintained our social distancing requirements. We uh, stepped up with all the disinfecting and the high-touch areas were off. And then also just asking people to be careful, stay with their family group and, you know, social distance and, and wear a mask. And that's been really, really well received. We've seen a lot of success there. And we're continuing that now throughout the, the winter with, you know, what's coming up with is a uh, light festival that we'll have that'll be, you know, a reduced attendance. But it's still something that people can do as a family unit and come out and feel safe while they're doing something together. Uh, as well as maintaining all the parameters to keep everybody, uh, you know, healthy as we go through this. Well, Brent, all the best to you. And you want to give us a shout out for your COO? I know she's doing great work. Tell me her name again. Yeah, Heather Doggett is a rock star. She's so fantastic. She really made all this possible with all of her effort, you know, this and our entire team. So if you want, you can always find out more at thelivingplanet.com or follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter on thelivingplanet.com. CEO of our our beautiful Living Planet Aquarium, Brent Anderson. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you, and thank you for your contribution to the state of Utah and beyond. Ah, thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it. Check out our interviews on the podcast page of KSLNewsRadio.com. I'm host Chris Redgrave. We're coming right back on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.